laughter is like a medicine. Some of you need to get around people that will make you laugh. Go, go do something that will make you laugh, okay? Or they'll bring the joy back into you. All right. We are really in agreement with that. All right. Praise the Lord. Come on, guys. Come on. Jump in here with me. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 tonight's where we're going to begin. Now, we've been talking about our mindsets. And every one of us, we need to, to take action and replace the lies in our life with the truth. And I'm not talking about a quick fix. I'm not talking about a, an overnight change, but a lifestyle. Now, some of you would say, how do we replace the lies with the truth? Well, uh, in, in John 8, 32, the, the scripture said, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so, to really understand that verse, the word know there means to perceive, to understand, to progress, a personal experience. So, I begin to do this today. Instead of saying, uh, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free for the word. No, I put in there, I'll perceive the truth, and the truth will set me free. I'll understand the truth, and that truth will set me free. I'll progress in the truth, and the truth will set me free. My personal experiences with the truth will set me free. Now, when I begin to get a hold of that, man, it'll begin to change the way I look at things, the way I view things. Now, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. That's not what that verse says. Actually, it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, once again, i got to get the Word of God where it becomes not just the thought, but it becomes alive and real on the inside of me. And that's when he says, you'll know the truth. What a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so I believe every one of us, we've got to start getting this on the inside of us. I've got to get the word. I've got to get the word. I've got to get the word. Now, my best advice to you is stay with the word. Keep transforming your mind to the word of God. And that word will begin to shape you. Actually, uh, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it in there in day and night. Now, the word meditation means that I'm going to think on it. I'm going to begin to allow it to get in my mind and my thoughts. Now, once I begin to do that, now notice he said day and night, over and over and over and over. And what ends up happening is that word will begin to get in your heart. And when that word starts taking root, things begin to happen. You know how you're going to, I'm going to tell you, you'll, you'll begin to know when it happens. I remember in times in my life where the scriptures were just scriptures on this page. But I remember when it got into my heart. Remember, you, many of you will remember the same thing. You knew when it, something triggered on the inside of you. It, it, it went from just a thinking to a knowing to a believing. Now, this is what we got to do. We got to stay with the word. I encourage you to stay with the word, okay? Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Many of you have heard me the last few weeks that I've had issues with the knee, and I speak the word, and it's getting better and better and better. And I've been running again. I've been enjoying running. And I was down at, at a motor vehicle department today. I'm walking through the lobby just like this, and all of a sudden, my knee catches, and it buckles, and it hadn't done that in weeks. And I, I guess once again, man, I groaned. Oh, and this guy kind of looks at me, and I look, 
And right there in there, I thought, I don't care who's in here, who's not in here. I said, no, in the name of Jesus, you're healthy and whole. By the stripes of and I don't care what people think. I believe the word of God. And did it end immediately? You know what? I took off again, and I went three different times a day. That thing did that. And every, I said, no, no, no. In the name, I walk in divine health. And so once again, I'm going to stay with the word. I'm going to keep speaking the word, and I'm going to speak. No sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. Why? Because 1 Peter 2.24 says so. Now, once again, here we go, Ephesians chapter 1. Let me put a thought in you before we really get going. You will always find what you're looking for. You'll always find what you're looking for. And I'm going to give you a little analogy that will help you with that. We got two birds here tonight, a, a vulture and a hummingbird. What does a vulture look for? Dead things. He circles and he circles and he circles and he was waiting for something to die. He finds what he's looking for. But what does a hummingbird look for? A hummingbird looks for the fruit of the, the life-giving nectar. Now, both of them, they find what they're looking for. One keeps looking for dead things and that's what he finds. The other looks for life-giving uh, nectar like I said a minute ago. Now, how many of you have ever been somewhere where you've seen little hummingbirds? I've never seen a hummingbird when I'm down driving down the highway, up real high, circling something dead. And when I've seen those little feeders that feed the hummingbird, I've never seen the vulture going around that. Why? Because they're both finding what they're looking for. That's the same with me and you. You're going to find what you look for. You can keep looking at the things that cause, cause death, or I can begin to look. These things call life. This is life here. The Word of God is life. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessing, which refers to divine privileges and resources, in heavenly places, how? In Christ. It's been paid for. How has it been paid? In Christ. These heavenly blessings are in Christ. So I begin, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all these heavenly blessings. Verse 4. Just as he chose us, how? In him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predestined, and that, that's referring to our eternal destiny, having predestined us to adoption as sons, how? By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now that word accepted there in the beloved, it literally means graced with grace. Look what he says in verse 7. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, the reason I read that right there is you can go back and look in verses 3 7. You'll see that we've been chosen by God. We've been accepted by God. We've been adopted. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. And you can begin to look at those things that are written right there that when you become born again in Him, I begin to receive all that by faith. 
He chose me. He chose, and listen, guys, God didn't get stuck with you and me. He didn't say, oh, crud, look who we got today. No, it says he chose us. He chose, I'm chosen of God. He adopted us, and how did he adopt us? He said, as sons. He's forgiven me. He's accepted me. Not only has he accepted me, he's redeemed me. Now, this is the image I believe God wants to start putting on the inside of us, that each one of us start realizing, I'm chosen. I'm a chosen general. I'm a royal priesthood. Now, what happens here is the devil will try to work overtime in your life and my life to try to convince us that something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with me. And any time that we take that bait, I believe all hell, the devil and the demons, they give us a standing ovation. Yes, they took the bait. Something's wrong with us. I'm going to tell you right now, something isn't wrong with us. And many times in our life, the things in your life that have happened to us that make you think something's wrong is the problem. I've got to start looking at myself through how the Word of God is. Now, let me ask you, what things in your life have happened to you that make you think something's wrong with me? Every one of us in here have, have had to battle that at times. Something's wrong with me. Now, here's the point in that. I can keep living that way. Something's wrong with me. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. Nobody likes me. I'm depressed, and we can have a list of all these things that'll get, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. The pastor didn't speak to me tonight because, you know what, he didn't like me. That's not true. I like you. But once again, what ends up happening is if my identity doesn't come through what Jesus says about me, these things that the devil lies to us and says, this is wrong with you, and this... This will become your identity. And so you know how we look in the spirit realm? We walk through life with a, a limp. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Look, look into the Old Testament to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, chapter 1. Oh, man, that's, that's deep in the Old Testament. Uh, to Daniel, to, uh, oh, boy. If you've gone to Nahum, you've gone too far. It's tucked in there by Micah and those little bitty ones in there. Jonah 1. Here's something, guys, that I begin to do in my own life. 1 Peter 5.10, and I encourage you, write this down. 1 Peter 5.10 says this, And the God of all grace, by Christ Jesus, and the God of all grace, by Christ Jesus, perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Now, this is 1 Peter 5.10. So right there, he tells me this stuff in the Word. The God of all grace by Christ Jesus. So when I begin to read this years ago, and I did this today, and oh my gosh, it was wonderful to me. I begin to say this stuff right here, just exactly what it says here, that God, through Jesus Christ, has perfected me. That he has established me. That he has strengthened me. And that he settled me. And there's times in my life where, man, things be shaky and stuff. And I sense the Lord when I say, thank you, Father God, you're settling me. I encourage you, sit in your bed 
walk around your house and meditate on those things. Father God, you're perfecting me right now. You're establishing me, Father God. You're strengthening me. Oh, you're settling me. And I'm going to tell you right now, it'll begin to do something on the inside of you. Begin to welcome that. Now, here we are in Jonah chapter 1. And many times in our lives, because of our choices, because of our decisions, things have happened in our lives. And if we're not careful, we get this thought. I can never be in the will of God because of what I've done. God doesn't love me. God doesn't forgive me. And God can't use me. And it all goes back to everything we've done wrong in life, wrong in life. Now, that'll, that'll keep you in bondage right there. And so, once again, guys, we've got to understand, it's not what I've done in life or hadn't done in life. It's what Jesus did. And I want to put some hope in some of you tonight. Now, look here in Jonah chapter number 1. Let's begin in, in verse number 3. All right, let's just start in verse 1. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now this city of Nineveh was really, really wicked, but this shows the love God has for people still. And so he, he pops this guy on Jonah and says, Listen, buddy, I need you to go to Nineveh. Verse 2, or verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tar Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now you know what I see here? This becomes very clear, very evident, that Jonah disobeyed God. God said, listen buddy, you go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, I ain't doing it. I'm going to Tarshish. Now if you've never read this story, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit just for time tonight. But Jonah gets on this ship to go to Tarshish. They get out there floating in the sea, and all of a sudden the sea begins to roar. I mean roar. The mariners on the ship, they begin to freak out, and they're like, we're fixing to die, boys. And so they come to the conclusion there's something on this boat that's causing this, and everything points to Jonah. So Jonah owns up and says, it's because of me. So they ask him, what can we do? And he said, throw me overboard. So eventually, you know what they do? They throw him overboard because, man, we don't want to die. So Jonah's in the ocean, and most of us know this story. This is where this big old whale, he comes shooting in, whoop, and sucks old Jonah up in there. Now, that's going to be a great replay in heaven. I can't wait to watch that one. So Jonah, guess what? He's in the belly of the whale. Here in uh, chapter two, 2, I believe, it says that the seaweed's wrapped around his head. If you don't like the smell of fish, you would hate it in there. And so what I believe is happening in here is Jonah has gone to the bottom of the barrel. God now has got Jonah's undivided attention. That is a good thing. There's times in our lives, I don't know about you, but I've been there before where God had my attention, where I knew, oh my gosh. And so God's got him right there, right where he wants him. And his mercy is going to him, and his grace is going, and his love is still going to Jonah, just as we sang tonight. God's love never runs out, even in the belly of the well. See, if God's love would have ran out on him, he'd have told that well, chomping. 
ending. But he didn't. He didn't. You know what that tells me? There's still hope for you. Jonah, or Jonah chapter number 2, verse 7. Listen what Jonah said. When my soul fainted within me. You can imagine. I remembered the Lord. When, when he got Jonah's attention, he said here, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Now what happens here is Jonah calls out to God. This is Jonah where he begins to repent. This is big in our lives. Let me ask you something. Is there things in your life that you've never repented of? And you know what repentance is? Repentance is a gift from God. Repentance is taking responsibility for what I've done. And so you repent to God, and this is what I believe is important. You ask God, Father God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? And you know what Father God says? When you confess your sins, not only will I forgive you, I'll cleanse you. So right here, Jonah comes back into relationship with Father God. So you know what happens next? He's been cruising around in the ocean, in the belly of the well, for day after day after day. And all of a sudden, there's people out on Huntington Beach, and this, this big whale comes floating in. Opens his mouth, and this dude goes rolling out. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, you're talking about a great day at the beach. I mean, I'd look and say, did you see what I saw? And so God throws him out on the beach. Now, here we are, chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Now, I want, to, I want you to see that right there. Listen, I'm telling some of you tonight, God's the God of a second chance. God hadn't given up on you. God is still, that's what we've been adopted as sons. A great reference to that is 1 Timothy, uh, I think it's 1.10 or 1.15, where the apostle Paul said that, I'm the chief sinner. The guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament, you know what God's saying? Even though you've had a past and you've done this, this, and this wrong, you know what? I still want to use you. And so God goes to Jonah the second time and he says, listen, buddy, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Thank God he did. Now this verse right here, you know what it says to me? Hebrews 13, 5. God will never leave me nor forsake me. And you may be in a position tonight where you say, he's left me. No, 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 he hadn't left you. You've left him. He hadn't left you. He's sitting there. I'm telling you, I believe God's our greatest cheerleader. I believe he's like, come home, come home. I still got plans for you. I still got purposes for you. I still got things I want you to do. Jonah chapter 4. I go, I'm going through this fast. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I previously I fled previously to Tarshish. Now, what he's saying here, the reason that Jonah said he fled, he was angry. And you know what he was angry about? He was mad at God that God would even go into Nineveh because they were one, they were wicked, and number two, they weren't Jews, they weren't covenant. And that's what he was mad at. 
He was furious at God for that. And this is why he's telling God, I was angry and the reason I didn't go to Tarshish is because of this. But I want you to see something here. The image that Jonah has of God, and I believe this is important that we set our mind to this. Look what he goes on to say. Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know, there's that word, for I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Now I believe this is a thing that every one of us got to set our mind to. This is the heart of God. My God, he's gracious. He's merciful. Man, he does not come after me to do me harm. See, so many times people have the mindset that when we make mistakes, God is just up there just ready to punch me in the head. God's not that way. Many times we have the thought, how could God love me? Once again, i got to start letting the word of God shape my mind. Listen, God is merciful. His mercies are new every day. You know why God's mercies are new every day? Because we use them all up the day before. And God is gracious. And just like he said here, he's abundant in loving kindness. I like that. You know what that means? He likes you. He likes me. Now, at the end tonight, go with me back into the New Testament to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Man, I've got to start letting the scriptures get on the inside of me. This is who God says I am. This is what God thinks about me. And when I begin to see the character of God, it changes the way I think. God's not a mad God at us. Colossians 1, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him, there's that phrase again, in him, in Jesus, all, 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 the fullness should dwell. Now, when I read this in the Amplified, this verse came alive, and I want to read it to you real slow. It says, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. Now, this is what he's talking about here, the fullness. That word fullness in the book of Colossians alone is mentioned eight times. I believe in the, in the book of Colossians, God wants us to get a hold of the fullness. Now, who was that fullness for? Me and you. And once again, the definition of the fullness was his perfection, his powers, and his attributes. So you know what? You are a partaker of the fullness of God. And so one of your prayers should be, I thank you. Woo, I walk in the perfection, the powers, and the attributes of the Lord Jesus today. And you could, you could have shouted right there. This is what he says about us. i got to start looking. This is what the word says about me. Verse 20, get this. And by him, by Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on this earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. In other words, the blood's covered me. It's paid for. Verse 21. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind. You were alienated and enemies in your mind. Now think about the word alienated. That means I've been separated. 
And I've become an enemy in my own mind is what he's talking about here. I've been hostile in my mind. What ends up happening here is when I become an enemy in my mind, I've started believing the, the accusations the devil brings about me. And if you study Revelation 12, it says that day by day by day, the devil is accusing the brethren. He's accusing, he's accusing. And so he accuses and he accuses, and before long, I start believing what he's saying. And it alienates me. And look what he goes on to say. By wicked works, yet now he, the Lord Jesus, has reconciled. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless, faultless, and above reproach in his sights. You know, because of Jesus, my faults, they've been canceled. They've been washed away. Verse 23. If indeed, in that phrase there's not an expression of doubt, but if indeed, it's a, it's a phrase of confidence. You continue, how am I to continue? I'm continue in the faith. I'm to be grounded steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel or the word of God which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which Paul became a minister now I must continue in the word guys he tells me I gotta stay with it I gotta stay in the faith I gotta be grounded I gotta be steadfast I gotta be steadled you know what that means I can't be shifted I can't be moved. I can't be swayed this way that. i got to stay in the Word. i got to stay with it. And I believe that's something each one has got to understand. i got to stay with it. i got to keep speaking. Whatever situations are in your life right now, stay with the Word. Keep speaking the Word. Keep renewing your mind to it. Keep allowing that to get in us. Now, I'm going to end tonight with two power thoughts. I should have gave you number one last week, and I may have. I don't remember. But every week, and I don't know how many weeks we're going to do this, I'm going to give you some power thoughts to renew your mind. The very first one is I can do whatever I need to in life through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13. Now, you know what that tells me? Whatever presents itself in your life tonight, tomorrow, begin to confess and begin, I can do this through Christ Jesus. I can do this. I don't care if it looks like the worst day of your life. I can do this. Remember, this is not about just my accomplishments. This is about my confidence in Jesus. That whatever life throws itself, whatever life presents to me tomorrow, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Let this soak in us. I mean, begin. I can. I, I don't care what presents itself. The Word of God says I can. The second thing is Ephesians 1.4. God loves me unconditionally. God loves me unconditionally. And when you have thoughts that try to come against you, oh, God, good luck. God loves me. That's Ephesians 1.4. God loves me unconditionally. God, His love never fails. It never runs out. Oh, you know, we, we sing the song, Oh, how God loves me. He loves me. I believe that's healthy. And that means to become a power thought that the love of God is unconditional. No matter what I do, right? Wrong, God loves me. God loves me. I'm a warrior 
and I'm a fighter for the kingdom of God, and God loves me. God loves me. Now, those are two power thoughts. Get these on the inside of you. Begin to let your family know, your kids, when they come home and say, oh, math is so hard. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. I believe it's very important. We get this in our kids. They go through life with, I can. I can. How can you? Because Jesus said, I can. I can. When they get ready tomorrow, give them their little lunch pill and say, you can. You can conquer spelling today. You can. You can have friends. You can be godly in an ungodly world. You can. And then again, let them know, God loves you. Psalm 139 says, he wonderfully and fearfully created me. God loves me. Stand on your feet with me.